Well, welcome to the Unstoppable Freedom Podcast. I'm Jimmy Page. I'm really excited about our guest today. Her name is Laura Carno. She's the executive director of Faster Colorado, the author of a book called Government Ruins Nearly Everything. We'll probably get a couple of yes and amens from our audience today. She's also a senior fellow at Independent Women's Forum. She's a Colorado concerned citizen who has taken action and jumped into the fray to really make a difference uh, for defending freedom and the rights that we have as American citizens. It's a real pleasure today to have you. Laura, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, I appreciate it. Well, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a news cycle that is um, kind of stuck on one topic and rightfully so, right? We've had the recent tragic school shooting at Uvalde, Texas. Uh, at the elementary school, which it's not the first elementary school, but it is, it somehow seems different for some reason. I know we were talking off air about that. Tell us why you think this feels different at this moment of time. Yeah, you know, one of the things parents say who who aren't necessarily in support of um, armed school staff in our K-12 campuses, mm-hmm. they say, um, you know, it's an urban school or a suburban school. Cops are right next door. That it, It'll just be a matter of a minute or two. And, and what we've seen, and by the way, a minute or two is too long, oh, but yeah. um, what we saw in Uvalde, you know, really just horrified people that, you know, these reports of law enforcement, um, up to 19 of them is one of the reports, standing in the hallway outside while children were being killed, while a little girl inside was calling 911 saying, please save us. Um, that, that um, I get chills saying that I'm a grandmother now and, and thinking about my little ones in a school where no, there's no adult that's going to save them. They're on their own. It's just, it's just really horrifying. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think from the perspective of a mom and of a, of a grandma now, and for me as a dad, a dad of four, all are, have already worked their, through their way through the educational system. But I, what was really chilling to us, and of course we don't understand fully yet the circumstances surrounding the police response. We don't fully understand it. Man, I want to jump on it. It feels doesn't feel right to me, but we want to have caution because we do really love and respect and honor our police force because they are absolutely heroic. But it did feel different because you could see them outside waiting and you didn't really know what was going on inside the school. I think as that gets revealed, it's going to become maybe even more disturbing, do you think? Well, one would hope not. I mean, I'm a huge supporter of law enforcement as well, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think this casts dispersions on all law enforcement. That's right. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. You know, were, were there, was there an order given? Were there people who wanted to disobey the order? Um, was there information that they had that wasn't accurate um, that led them not to go in? I don't know, but thank God for the the uh, border patrol guy getting his haircut, who grabbed that barber's shotgun and um, went in and, and stopped it. I know, isn't it amazing to think? You know, just the heroism of that, right? And and men and women like him are trained to run into danger, and that's what we expect always. But you mentioned it in your opening. You said, you know, hey, one or two minutes is too long. Well, you're right, and in fact, national statistics would tell us that the average response time for police to a an active school shooting event like this is three minutes. And that's kind of the minimum response time. And in three minutes, regardless of the weapon that you have, whether it's a pistol or an AR-15 or something else, you can fire off a lot of rounds. You can do a tremendous amount of damage, can't you? 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even if a criminal were to obey laws, criminals don't obey laws is the punchline there. But even if a criminal were to um, obey laws on smaller mm-hmm. magazine sizes. In a, in a few minutes, you can change a whole bunch of magazines that you right. brought with you. Um, you know, showing that those sorts of, of laws don't do anything to keep people safe. Um, but you know, the, the thing that struck me in the beginning, when um, when nothing, very little was known, other than that that death count kept going up, mm-hmm. is there there should have been a well-trained armed adult there to save the children, um, whether it was a school resource officer, a, a armed security person, or those teachers who uh, probably put themselves between bullets and children to, to try and save those children because their body was all they had. That That's not enough. These are our children. These are our grandchildren. Uh, number one uh, goal should be... Uh, keep these kids safe, return them home alive to their parents. That's right. You know, it's interesting. So I'm a Virginia Tech alumni. Oh, wow. And I live in Colorado now. So I am intimately, uh, you know, uh, familiar with what can happen on a campus, a college campus, a high school campus, now elementary school campuses. And the last thing that a parent wants to think is that when they drop their kids off at school, that they're really in some ways unprotected, that they're vulnerable, that they're sitting ducks, that there's no response at that school or very limited response at that school should something horrific happen. Um, I think that's one of the things that I love about what you're doing with Faster Colorado. Let's talk a little bit about that. What's your mission? What do you do? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So we're in the life-saving business. Um, you know, you can you can say that we offer these classes, uh, which we do, and I'll talk about that in a second. But the goal is to save the lives of children and school staff members if, God forbid, one of these terrible events happens on on school campus. So what we do at Faster Colorado, and we started in 2017. So we're doing um, our we're in our sixth training year this year. Um, we offer um, training to these armed school staff members. And, and so let's note that these are not school resource officers who are, are members of a law enforcement agency, but this would be somebody who has a, a job in the school. They're the, a teacher, a janitor, a coach, principal. We've had a lunch lady and a school nurse um, just to, to wow. get that in, in folks' minds that it, it really Wait, could be. That's any- pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. You know, you talk about people that want to be able to step in and protect children. And they're they're not necessarily who you might think they are. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, It's funny because there are some folks on the anti-gun side who oppose this policy, who want you to think of this scared little 22 year old that just got out of teaching school who's terrified of picking up a gun or this 65 year old woman at the end of her her teaching career, who's terrified of a gun. Well, guess what? I've had women both of both of those ages at the beginning of her career and at the end of her career who passed these courses with flying colors. And um, I would put my grandbabies in their class any day of the week. But you're right. They're they're not um, they're not just the I'm picturing my dad right now. They're not they're not just the I'm picturing the, me. I'm picturing yeah. me right now. Let's go. The the old gun guy. Um, yeah. But, you know, men and women, but they're all volunteers. Um, nobody's forcing any of these people um, to carry a gun on campus. But what we do at Faster is we offer 
world-class training. Um, in Colorado, this law has been in place for 17 years. And before we got here six years ago, these schools were getting their training hours somewhere. But we felt it was important that they had access to the best training available. So what we do is um, I organize the classes, but I'm not mm -hmm. the instructor. All of our instructors are um, active duty law enforcement instructors. So they teach academies, they teach SWAT teams, they're members of SWAT teams, they're leaders on SWAT teams. Um, the, the guy who teaches our uh, medical, the medical portion of the class is a battalion chief with a, a fire department here in Colorado, who's also a firearms instructor, so he can um, work at the line as well. The, the, these are high, high quality instructors, exactly the kind of people you want training these armed staff to protect children. It's fantastic. And what I, I love what FASTER actually stands for, right? Faculty, Administrator, Safety, Training, and Emergency Response. I mean, right. it, it says very clearly who you're for and what you're training for. Do In this training, because everyone talks about this, right? We don't want just unqualified people in the schools that, are, that now are armed that may not know how to respond or maybe have minimum training. Are they put under stressful situations, right? It's not just standing at the range and learning how to, you know, load and unload and make your gun safe. And, you know, are they put in stressful situations? Yes, very stressful situations. So this is the beauty of, number one, having law enforcement instructors who, who do this to cops. Um, and, and number two, we actually do this training at a law enforcement training facility. Amazing. So we have access to, you know, not only great, um, ranges and classrooms and high tech, everything. But we actually get to use the police simulator. So, so we um, wrap up the last half day of our classes um, with that um, that very realistic the shoot no shoot scenarios. Um, we always ask people when they're when their turn is up to take a look at their Fitbit or their Apple Watch to see what their heart rate is mm. because you're, you're you're very clear on the fact that you're playing a video game so to speak in a in a police simulator room, mm. um, but man your body doesn't know it because you're <laughs> you're making life and death decisions um, on how to interact with whatever the scenario is um, and they they go through that time and time again. I love that you know because as a as a gun owner as someone who is proficient in, in handling guns. Uh, I, have, I, I have a healthy fear of weapons because you should. Uh, I remember when I used to ride motorcycles, every, we would always tell each other, hey, ride scared. And what that meant was be aware that bad things can happen. Don't get so comfortable on the bike that you get careless. And the same is true for gun ownership and handling guns, right? It, don't get so comfortable and proficient that you, you, that you become careless. And that's what I love about your training. Do you have uh, updated trainings throughout the year or is it one-time certification? What does that look like? Yeah, so um, when a, a new school goes from zero to carrying, the staff members have to go through um, a level one class. And hmm. it's our level one, but it's not a beginner class. They, they, they actually have to have completed um, some training before they get to class because it's, it, it is an advanced class even in our level one. Um, but the, the level one, you know, we have mindset, we have medical, mm. um, and it's a, a three-day class, so a little bit longer class. Um, any of these um, folks who go through the class will tell you at the end of three days that it felt like a week. They are physically and emotionally exhausted. I believe that. Um, but, and then in subsequent years, they do a requalification. And, and by the way, the, the qualification is 
the um, the post qualification, which is uh, peace officer standards and training mm. for handgun proficiency. So yeah. so what our instructors did is took that um, that unit, um, so to speak, out of the uh, police academy on um, handgun proficiency. They added some you know some of the areas of um, stopping an active killer that law enforcement uses. But um, that qualification that they have to pass, um, it's the same one that cops pass to get out of the academy and that they have to recall on every year. And we actually add two additional shots to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's we call it post plus two, and they still have to qualify at 100% wow. um, to pass. So it is a very high standard. It's a high amazing. standard on purpose, and not everybody passes the test, and we're okay with that. That's amazing. Well, I love that you have a, a certain level of failure on it, truthfully, because you certainly don't want someone who's unprepared uh, you know, or unqualified to be in there for it, right? And I think that's the big knock on this. That's the big concern from people who don't like it. I think most of the people that don't like it, this idea of arming teachers, faculty, et cetera, it, are people that don't understand how guns operate. They don't understand how the training works. And they don't understand that you actually can become very, very proficient at it. Um, and the response time is on the spot. Right. Let, let me ask you this question. Is So this law has been around a long time because probably because largely uh, Columbine, right? Almost in a way, a response to the Columbine shooting saying, hey, that our response time as fast as we can be from a law enforcement perspective, we need better protection in our schools. It Was that the reason that this law came about in Colorado? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and I should know the answer to that. The, the timing um, makes sense, but um, I don't. I don't know if there was any different impetus because there there yeah. were a few years between in between. Um, but I do know that the early adopters. Um, if you picture the square that is Colorado, um, yeah. they were the schools on on those outside borders where um, you, know, you you've got a, a county sheriff's office that that services that county, but there might be you know three people on duty at any time, and they're all over this huge county. Um, we've got districts that are one one building, K mm-hmm. through 12, and um, they pull from, let's say, a 60-minute radius on oh like how, how far the buses oh, um, take kids to get to school. So, you know, you, you think about that and you say, gosh, um, what are the chances one of those couple, three deputies is going to be around? Um, we even had one school that, that did a test in a more rural area. Um, 25 minutes um, response time, and it was a, a, a Department of Wildlife or Fishing Game or something like that person that was closer than, than the sheriff's deputies. So, um, you know, you um, there might be somebody close, but mm. likely um, you're not. And, and those schools know that they're their own first responders. And um, what we're seeing is that everybody's their own first responder in these situations. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing you say that because I didn't actually think of the rural areas I do remember moving to Colorado from the East Coast and being just amazed. You know, where we lived in the Maryland area, we could literally be in five different states within about two and a half hours. But right. here, two and a half hours doesn't even get, hardly get you out of your county sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, this idea that the response time in rural areas might be far longer than it would be in a more urban or suburban setting. Yeah. And it's really those county sheriffs in, in the beginning mm-hmm. who said to their school districts, Here, here's the law. Um, get yourself <laughs> some training. 
Um, and in, in some cases, those, those sheriffs would invite the, the armed school staff to do training with the sheriff's office where, where they had availability. Um, but yeah, law enforcement was like, we know we're not going to be there. Yeah. Um, you, you all need to, to figure mm-hmm. out um, something because it, it'll be well over by the time we get there. So tell us how many, uh, how many schools, I know we've got a lot of schools in Colorado, for example, how many school districts are engaged actively in promoting this type of product, to promoting this type of training? Are you equally acceptable in all of the different counties and, and uh, school districts, or, or is it different? Yeah, so there are, there are around 178, I think, school districts. Um, I, I get corrected every time I give the wrong number. I think it's 178, uh, something like that. So out of that many school districts, um, FASTER is training schools in 37 of those districts. Um, so still a minority. Um, 37 out of how many? 178-ish. Golly day, that, that is so yeah. concerning. Yeah. And so um, you know, to the question, are, are we equally accepted everywhere? The, the makeup of those 37 is mostly rural. And then um, the, the law in Colorado also allows for charter schools to be able to make independent security decisions. So, so those that aren't rural tend to be um, suburban charter schools who might be in a larger district that the big district hasn't gotten there yet, um, but there are some charter schools. And I, I don't think that it is a coincidence that those charter schools tend to have waiting lists in the hundreds of, um, of wow. kids. Uh, we get calls all the time saying, where are these armed schools? Because I want my kids there. Um, we don't out our schools. There are some that have outed themselves, but um, parents understand that that charter schools at least have an easier path um, because it's just that that charter school board that needs to make the decision, not the whole the whole big school board. It's amazing. How, how much of this is really built around political lines? Because th- this is what makes the average American citizen absolutely bonkers. Right. Right. We, we, we cannot, we're so tired of the politics of this. We're so tired of the divisiveness of this issue that when a tragedy like this happens, the, the, the typical um, anti-gunners come out and, and it has nothing to do with providing security and safety for our kids. None of these solutions seem to do that. How much of the adaptation of your program is built around political lines, would you say? Yeah, so here's some interesting um give you some interesting thoughts on that. So rural areas tend to be more conservative. Rural people, uh, people who work in rural schools tend to have come from rural areas, maybe grown up even, gone to that school and then stayed in the community. Mm -hmm. So there's more of an acceptance of firearms are a normal part of life. Of course, I carry a firearm. Mm -hmm. I'm disarmed when I go to school unless my school has that policy. Um, so, So that falls on political lines, but maybe not for political reasons. Outside yeah. of rural areas, um, you know, I think pro-gun people are just going to, um, who tend to be Republican, um, are just going to be more comfortable with it. And mm-hmm. union-backed school board members tend to be very, very, very opposed. But here's where the, where the breakdown comes with parents. Mm-hmm. Um, liberal parents, conservative parents, apolitical parents, 100% of them want their children returned home alive every single day, 100%. So it, so in some of these incidents, they can say, well, gosh, what if this, what if that? I don't think we need to go to armed staff. 
they think through what what the other things are that might not involve firearms. Mm -hmm. But um, like I said, after after this thing in Uvalde, um, mm -hmm. the, my, the interest and I'll, I'll just say the volume of emails and, and calls into into me and into Faster Colorado five times normal um, wow. after a, a, a mm -hmm. school shooting, which, you know, that's a spike in and of itself, but you know, it, it's like a five times normal spike. And, and it's, it's parents saying, how do I, how do I make sure armed people are there to protect my children at the point of attack, by the way. Um, yes. And, and that's, and that's the key. Yes. It's amazing because I was just thinking, we all, anyone with a child in school, want that child. Like you said, we 100% agree we want our kids to return to us safely. End of story, full stop, yeah. as we hear Every in day. Every single day. Every, every day is not too high a bar. That's right. And it feels like this, it does feel different, um, but the only problem is it feels like we're, we're going back to the same old, same old with respect to political lines being drawn. And, uh, you know, and the same solutions that have already proven not to work. This solution does work. And there's several other solutions that we can take that I think are important. One of the things that I've maintained from the very beginning is we protect the things that matter most to us. And we, we do whatever we need to to take care of those targets. So, for example, we, uh, we keep fans safe at stadiums. We keep uh, customers safe at banks. We, we care about our money. We care about our games. We keep travelers safe at airports. We care about getting to our destination appropriately. For the life of me, I can't understand why we can't universally find solutions to keep our kids safe in school. We, it, we, I value our kids 10x more than a, a silly sporting event or even my money in a bank or traveling from one place to another and yet we can't agree. I, I think this is the thing that frustrates most Americans, but what you're doing with FASTER and some of these other solutions that are surfacing, we actually can take control of this process and put some pressure on folks to actually get this into the end zone, to solve this problem and protect our kids. Are you hopeful for that? Yeah, and it, such great points. And I will, I will add to that. Um, when Nancy Pelosi gets additional death threats, she has additional men with guns that exactly. protect her literally around her person. So, so members of Congress who oppose this, yes. they know that having well-trained, well-trained armed defenders around you is the solution. They don't want it to be for schools. This would be very bad for their narrative. Yeah. Um, but they, but they know dang well um, uh, what it would take. And then that the um, armed flight deck. Um, yes. program where, you know, yeah. one out of 10 flights have an armed um, pilot or captain or co-pilot. Um, we're all okay with that. And, and somehow the narrative breaks down uh, in schools. The, the other interesting point yeah. to this is, um, you know, back to the do something, you know, people always say do something. <laughs> and, and, and we should, we should say, let's do something. Um, yeah. and, and there are lots of different ideas. People want to talk about fatherless homes. They want to talk about video games, mental health, there, there are all kinds of things. And I say to, to those people, please spend time looking into those. While you do, let's get well-trained armed people there to protect our children today. That, yeah. That's not, it, it's not either or, um, look, at, look at mental health or armed staff. Yes. All of the above, for goodness sakes, as you said, exactly. our children are more important than 
you know, money in the bank and sporting yes. events and Nancy Pelosi and protect these innocent babies in school, for goodness sakes. This is a completely solvable problem. Yeah. And this is, this is why we're, I think that's why this is different because people like you and me and a whole bunch of other moms and dads in the community are not going to accept the two week news cycle. Everyone complains about it. We further restrict guns and it does nothing to protect our kids. We're not accepting that garbage narrative anymore. And what I love about this is we're in the process of saying, harden these targets. I mean, right now, you think about this, virtually, if you just base it on facts, right? If we just go back to facts, I like facts. Some people like feelings. I like feelings occasionally, but in this case, I really like facts. Over 94% of public mass shootings occurred in gun-free zones. I can guarantee you there were signs up advertising that were gun-free, which makes that a very soft target. In fact, any school that has a sign up right now that says gun-free zone, I believe these events are foreseeable. I believe that they are now uh, responsible and they're gonna be held liable. If you keep that sign up, you're advertising for trouble and those signs should be immediately removed from the schools regardless of whether they're a gun-free zone or not. Um, this is the thing that we, we believe we can make a difference on. You mentioned elected officials having just an unbelievable arsenal around them. Every single one of them is protected. Um, and yet they vote consistently against this type of thing. The president said, his spokesperson said, that uh, the issue of hardening our targets, making them more difficult and more obvious that you're gonna be met with resistance is not a priority for him. Uh, does that frustrate you as someone who's been in this? I mean, that just makes me crazy. Yeah, he, he doesn't wanna solve the problem. Um, I, I, I was aghast. When he said that, I, I, what do you, how do you answer that? <laughs> Especially after that, that just happened. How could yes. he say that um, yes. when, when he lives in the White House, which is the most hardened target um, in the country? Yeah. It, is the president of the United States more important than the lives of these 19 children and two teachers who died? Um, I, I, I don't think you can, you can come to the same conclusion that the president did. Yeah, you certainly can't make that argument. And But I think it's funny because sometimes <clears throat> politicians think things, but they're smart enough not to say things. We're, we're just saying things now. We're, we're saying exactly what we think. So when, when parents in, out here in America hear that type of thing, we, that just makes us furious. One great thing from it is, of course, it energizes us. It energizes us to get engaged in a more significant way. And I think that's what we need. You know, uh, you probably saw the visit that uh, Matthew McConaughey went to the White House, uh, had a you know had a, a night some words behind the scene with the administration and was communicating some things there. And then they had the press conference. Of course, I got to tell you, I was uh, I'm not a fan of Hollywood, generally speaking. I am a Matthew McConaughey fan. I think he's a, a good man. I think he's a, a kind of a pro America type of dude. And, and he's grown up in Texas, his, his, his birth town, his hometown where he grew up was Uvalde. So right. he could speak with a level of passion and conviction. Um, it was kind of a mixed bag, wasn't it? Depending on it your was. opinion. What did you take away from that conversation? Um, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I like him as an actor. Um, I like his, um, 
he's not anti-America like most right. people in Hollywood are. And, and so I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, he would, but then he, he pivoted to like almost, he didn't use these words, but almost like it's our duty as, as Americans yeah. to curb ourselves. <laughs> those of us who did not do a school shooting, who are never going right. to do a school shooting. Right. And um, I, I struggle to understand the point that, that um, disarming law-abiding citizens who, by the way, concealed carriers, I'm sure you've heard the statistic, concealed carry holders are, are the most law-abiding cohort of yes. American society, even more law-abiding than law enforcement. Yes. And so when, when we see responsible gun owners, especially those who carry a concealed firearm on a daily basis, we should just be very thankful um, yes. that they're here because they are um, they, they sort of stand in the breach. Um, the yeah. CDC has, um, their research says between, you know, 500 and 2 million um, defensive yeah. gun uses every year. That's yeah. significant. Yeah. And, um, uh, it, you know, but the other thing to look at when, when um, people, especially Hollywood or um, Democrats in Congress bring these things up, um, they respond only to a school shooting like this. They don't respond when an equal number of people dies over a, a weekend in Chicago yes. or in D.C. Yes. All of these lives are precious. And what's happening, what's happening in Chicago, as an example, doesn't fit their narrative because Chicago has the most strict gun control in the country. And if gun control worked, Chicago would be the safest place in the country. And it's not. So yes. they, they only focus on situations where um where it fits their narrative nice. and um uh so yeah thank you matthew mcconaughey for loving our country but the, those those um, solutions you proposed are not going to make anything better and you said it and and i think i want to underscore that statement right those solutions you've proposed aren't going to do any good i do love the fact that he asked for a return to family values Mm -hmm. I love the fact that he said, hey, we need to return to American values. I even like the way he said it. It felt like a movie. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, but he said some great things. We need to focus on mental health, et cetera. You said it best. Though The areas with the highest rates of gun control, the most number of laws and restrictions are the ones where a lot of this violence is happening. California is a great example. The number one state in the country for gun laws and restrictions on gun ownership, and the number one state for active shooter incidents in 2021. In fact, they win that prize every single year. Chicago, uh, New York, all the big metropolitan areas that have restricted law-abiding gun ownership are under siege by criminal activity. And you said it earlier, criminals don't follow gun laws. They don't. And we know this to be true. We know it's overwhelmingly true. Um, if you, uh, what, what are three or four things? Obviously, we've got the FASTER program, which I think is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I applaud you for doing this. Um, what are two or three other things that you might recommend with your breadth of knowledge and experience that parents and, and concerned parents can recommend to their school administrators? What would we do to make these targets more hard? Yeah, and I would start by asking your school questions. And I, um, uh, my friend Rob Morse on the Slow Facts mm -hmm. blog um, post uh, did a post. I shared it on my social media about the questions that you should be asking your schools, and they are very specific questions on how your how your school would react if various situations happened. Yes. And if your school says that it's not, it's none of your business. Don't worry. Pats you on the head and says we've got this covered. 
Mm. Get your kids out of school. Um, yes. Schools need to be um, very clear on the fact that the parents are in charge. The parents elect the school boards and, um, you know, so much discussion of curriculum. Um, but if if your kids don't come home alive every day, it doesn't matter what the curriculum was they learned or didn't learn there. Right. Not to say we shouldn't look at curriculum because there's some awful yeah. stuff out there, but we yeah. should at least have an equal focus on on school safety and mm. uh, making sure that that um, our kids are are actually safe. Um, there's a, a term called in loco parentis in place of the parent. School schools act in loco parentis. We're not there to make sure that our kid is is doing okay and is safe. The school has to act in our stead, and it is our job um, to demand of them how we want that to to look, from you know curriculum to safety or whatever. So um, I'd encourage folks to to um, look at that on either on my social media or um, on Rob Morse's Slow Facts blog, and. Um, and just take a look because the questions are very, very direct. Yeah, it's excellent. And we're going to have all the links and connection points for you and, and all of the organizations that you're part of uh, in our notes here for sure. And we'll get all of our listeners engaged with you. We've created a resource as well that talk about what do parents do because I'm active in our school board meetings. Uh, there are thousands of people that are starting to engage in those school board meetings. And now we can have an educated decision and an urgent conversation, an urgent conversation about keeping our kids safe. Um, is there any last words that you, you'd like to share with our listeners about how to reach you or what to do so that we can get the ball moving in our communities? Sure. I'll, I'll share one quote. Um, my friend uh, Bob Schaefer at Liberty Common hmm. uh, Charter School up in northern Colorado um, says that it is the right and responsibility of parents to direct the education and upbringing of their children. Mm. They are your children. You are hiring a school to take care of them. So, so please don't forget that. Folks can find more information about FASTER at fastercolorado.com. We've got um, videos, some media we've done. We have a FAQ, a Busting the Myths link, all kinds mm. of resources there. Um, and you can contact me there as well. And um, follow follow us on um, social media, Faster Colorado, or you can follow me as well, Laura Carno, on all the social media platforms. It's fantastic, Laura. Thank you so much. Thanks for investing the time. Thanks for what you're doing to keep our kids safe, and uh, we just admire and and love what you're doing. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Yeah, thank you.